Hey guys, it's Derek. I just wanted to give a quick apology about the sound quality of this episode. This was an episode that I actually had to call into Penn State uh, to record with Angelo and Greg. I'm actually graduated right now and working a full-time job on the side. Um, So we're still learning how to use Anchor to record ourselves over this conference call feature. Uh, We know know it's a science and we know it's a learning process and we hope you just bear with us. Uh, Promise the sound quality will be better next week and uh, moving forward forward. You're just going to have to bear with us for uh, this week as far as content goes. But without further ado, here is Next Man Up. I'm calling in right now after syllabus week at Penn State. So I just want to know, is everybody's livers intact right now? Um, No shot. Wow, I thought I was dead this morning. Yeah, I got a snapshot of Ange just like to see like how many L's did everybody else take last night. Yeah, you got to drink some Pedialyte, bud. You got to oh, get I've been saying Pedialyte, Pedialyte, Pedialyte since, like, I don't know, 11 o'clock this morning. Hello and welcome to Next Man Up, your fantasy football podcast for all your start sits, ad drops, and other fantasy football news. I'm your host and commissioner, Derek Rieger, and I'm here with my two friends that never learned how to read, Angela Madison Jr. and Greg Vazzi. How are we doing today, boys? Dude, that kind of hurts. <laughs> I don't know. I might not know how to read, but I can do math, engineer things. That's what matters more. I'm okay with that. Yeah, honestly. We also have a guest today. Welcome, Thomas Leffler. What's up? How you doing today, Tom? I'm doing all right. I'm chilling. Just um, ready to let y'all know that Juju's the man again and again. Juju's the man. Probably about 19 times, at least 19 times to reflect the number of the guys. Oh, I'm coming for you. Oh, yes. Tom, you had Juju last year. You went on a pretty miraculous playoff run, too. You started off the, the year pretty rough, coming in at 2-5 and five through week 7. But then after that, you were undefeated five weeks, beating all three of us. Um, so I just want to know, what was going through your mind during your, your big playoff run? You were basically the Cinderella story of last year. I mean, really, really nothing, because I was always working Sunday nights, so I was just, like, chilling, and then I looked at my phone, like, oh, okay, Ben had a 20-point half, Juju had a 15-point half, oh, Juju caught a 99-yard touchdown to win me the game, or 95-yard touchdown to win me a game, oh, Marvin Jones had a 22-point Monday night football performance to win me a game. That Marvin Jones performance haunts me forever. This, I, I, I didn't know it was coming, but I knew it was always a possibility. So I was always looking at my phone like, oh, okay, cool, that happened. So I, I, I kind of thought I was out, so really it, doesn't, it, it didn't matter to me. Come on, guys. There's, there's no talent involved. There's a lot of talent involved. I picked up Juju oh, three weeks before he popped. He popped in like week he played, seven. I picked him up week Juju four. Juju Smith-Schuster in, and I'm like, what is this? What do you mean, what is this? The number two target on the best offense in football? Yeah, I'll take it. Wow, there's a, there's a lot available there. You really think that's the best offense in football? The Steelers? Absolutely. They're the, the, the top two offensive line, top running back in the league, top receiver in the league, one of the top second options in the league, a top ten quarterback. I mean, what are you missing? A good coach? Good question, man. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Is your place oh. Todd Haley? We replaced that. Yeah, Do we know? As the quarterback coach. I don't, yeah. Well, that makes a difference. I'm really not nervous. No. I'll see them week one. We'll, we'll see if Todd Haley was the reason our offense worked. Okay, you have AB and you have Le'Veon, and you're criticizing me for having Juju. We're all part of the yeah, same team. No, here. man. It's not the same team. Not me, the same team. Juju's a touchdown dodger. Juju. Vulture. <laughs> He's not a vulture. He grabs whatever he can take. That's, he makes it happen. That's a <laughs> vulture. No. <laughs> well, I'm okay with that because at least fantasy football. <laughs> I'm okay uh, with that as long as there's going to be the regression points. this year. Oh, my God. See, this is why you take backup. Don't get me started, guys. This is why you take I'm second. started on your regression to the mean. Kevin Coleman was a backup that I'm going to have success with this year. Corey Clement is a backup that is going to become a starter that I'm going to have success with this year. Well, now we're getting into this year, Tom. So next question here. You're someone who's a big advocate of having chemistry in your fantasy locker room. Can you tell me a little bit how that factored into your draft strategy? 
Okay, well, my strategy is always, I mean, these teams are pretty awful historically fantasy-wise anyway, except for, I guess, the Giants. Um, but I stay away from teams I dislike. I like to have, and players I dislike personally, because I like to have a kind of sense of camaraderie. Because if I'm not going to have fun with my favorite players, what's the point of doing fantasy, in my opinion? So I grab Juju. He's one of my favorite players. Uh, Brandon McManus, the kicker of the Broncos. He's, a tw- he's probably the 20th ranked kicker or something like that. But he went to my high school, North Penn. Uh, I saw him play live there. I saw him play live at Temple. I haven't seen him live at Broncos yet, but, you know, he went through Giants camp, got cut, went through Colts camp, got cut, and now he's with the Broncos. Successful. So I like to have those kind of success stories on my team because I am resilient, just like Brandon McManus. So I stay away from Cowboys. I stay away from Giants. stay away from Bengals, Browns, Ravens, and Redskins. So that's that's a that's a pretty big list there. So no Saquon, no OBJ, no um who who else is on that on that on that no list? Yeah, so I'm I'm talking myself out of it. I don't think Saquon is worth the number two pick. I don't think Zeke was worth as high as he is. Uh, you know, you can rationalize all those guys, but I I just I'm sorry. What was your rationale for Zeke? The rationale for Zeke is that he's going to have a good year, but he's not going to have a top running back year like Le'Veon, especially now that we have the half PPR league. David Johnson is worth more than him. Saquon is probably worth more than him. Uh, Le'Veon, David Johnson, all those guys are obviously worth more than him. He's running behind arguably the number one offensive line in the National Football League. Yeah, between with, the tackles, but, though. Who, with Two years ago. A quarterback who has no wide receivers. He'll find wide receivers. He'll think and dunk. Exactly. But he At least think he's going to think and dunk to. He can think and dunk to hurt. He can think and dunk to Terrence Williams. Half the PPR, baby. He goes to he's got all those guys. He'll get the ball, but he won't get the ball as much as Le'Veon. He won't get the ball as much as David Johnson. Hell, he probably won't even get the ball as much as um, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones on Green Bay. They'll probably get to combine more targets than him. So, oh, we got to get it going. Uh, I'm a, I can't wait for I'll be one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Tom. So, with your roster now, how are you feeling going into the season? Um, I'm feeling okay. Um, I I picked Julio in my first round pick because I didn't know that the other wide receivers were going to be available. Because I had Doug Baldwin, Devontae Adams, and Julio, not counting the keepers and the teams that I don't uh, like. I, <laughs> I had those guys all in my top ten, and I ended up with all three of them. And I ended up with my four, first four picks, including the keeper being receivers, but. If I had to pick two, three of the top ten in my first three rounds, you have to do it. So I have a few too many receivers. I might be looking at a few trades. I might be uh, uh, dangling Julio for Johnny D because he loves it. He hated that I took him from him. And he downgraded what? He downgraded to A.J. Green because Julio wasn't available. He reached on a first rounder. So I might be able to dangle a running back or two out of him. I thought he had Lamar Miller, Devonta Freeman. So... We might do that, but otherwise I'm feeling pretty confident. I got Adams and Cobb. That's quite the combo. I got Henry and uh, Mariota. That's quite the combo. I got Baldwin and Russell Wilson, which might be an MVP, the top receiver combo. We never know. Uh, so I'm feeling pretty confident. The look Ange gave at that was, was something that you really cannot replicate. Russell Wilson could be a legit MVP candidate. Even if even if they win nine games, he could be a legit MVP candidate. That's how much he means that all. He's basically the entire offense. And Doug Bowen's the top target. So I, I'm in love with that combo, even though I'm not playing them weak point because that Denver defense is terrible. is also a little mixed up. That's okay. He'll, he'll be right. Russell Wilson is always mixed up, and he's still out there. I'm not worried about Russell Wilson. I'm worried about his options to throw to. Well, if it's he not ball, run the ball, if it's not ball, and then he's gonna what he's gonna do is he's gonna take it. And he's gonna run those eight yards out of bounds, seven yards out of bounds the other way. He's just gonna keep running. He's gonna end up with he's gonna end up with thirteen attempts for sixty-six yards and a touchdown, and he's gonna win a thirteen to seven ball game. Uh, Paul Richardson's gone. Jimmy Graham's gone. Uh, you know they brought in Rashad Penny, but like, what do you got as far as receiving options outside of uh, Doug Baldwin and Ty Lockett? A nicked up dumb ball. And Ty Lockett. a one-trick pony in Ty Lockett. You can't trust Ty Lockett at all. He's on my he's, – uh, he's a very less-talented version of Tyreek Hill, less-talented version of Ted Ginn, and I don't like either of the two guys, so Yep, yep. It's gonna it's gonna be an interesting year, dude. Um, Russell Wilson was raving about the O line too. I do not believe in that O line at all. It's, there's a reason that he needs to run around a ton. I mean. It's seen some reconstruction, but, you know, time will tell. Yeah. Those defenses in the NFC West are pretty good, though. 
That's going to be quite the challenge. That's going to be six and games a year. And Denver week one. Those boys are Those are some nasty defenses. Uh, you have a very good point there. I, I will agree with you. The Cardinals defense could be could carry, carry them to the right, playoffs. Yeah. Nick and DG, whatever, how they ever pronounce his name, he's going to make Like, you already got the Rams. Richard Sherman's on the 49ers now. He's fixing on a bad squad. Hopefully. We'll see. I'm, I'm probably more shaky with them than I am with the Seahawks. At least I know they have Wagner. Wagner can be a quarterback to the defense more than Sherman can. Guys, I got to say, I'm a little annoyed going into these news and notes here because as soon as we said that Darius Geis tore his ACL and that Rob Kelly was going to be the go-to option, little guy signed known as Adrian Peterson with the team in the backfield. What do we think? I know he was on my team. Uh, Angelo picked him up, I think so. Cause oh, I- yeah, I did. I was like, give me some of that action. What did he do in his preseason game? Do we know? He went uh, 56 yards on 11 carries. No way. Yeah, he had a really good, for first, him. Really good first opening game. Um, the Broncos' defense is a little suspect, but their strength is their defensive line. So um, I was pretty pleased with that performance, to be honest. I was like, I think I can keep you around, at least for a little bit. Redskins are one of those running backs like the mini teams, though. You, you can never trust, like, going – you can't trust that week one start will be the start of week seven. No, you're, I, I think you're 100% right. I just think that they're looking for stability right now because they thought that they had stability in one guy. Um, and uh, if these kind of performances keep up, I don't see why Adrian Peterson wouldn't be your workhorse back. I mean, of course, the P. Ryan is going to get like his touches. Rob Kelly is going to get his touches for sure. But um, that's no different than the situation that you have over in Tennessee. I go, where Where would you draft Adrian Peterson if you're drafting him tomorrow? Oh, wow. Um, so, late. so, like, okay. Late, so like, late is the answer. I, I say that I really love uh, this Adrian Peterson pickup, but let's not get foolish. There's no way he should be going before, like, the seventh or eighth round. Like, uh, he, he's a value pick. It's like, you don't know how that's going to pan out. You're not, you don't know if we're going to see Adrian Peterson in Arizona or we're going to see Adrian Peterson in New Orleans. Uh, I, I think for me personally, he'd actually slip past ten, past the tenth round. So even it would really depend how the league was drafting at that point if it was worth taking a flyer. On he's him. not even You're on the, on the board. safe side of things. He's not even on the board. Bilal Powell didn't get picked. Frank Gore didn't get picked. Chris Thompson didn't get picked. These are all better options than Peterson. Frank Gore had a thousand-yard season last year. I don't care that he's the backup. Peterson would probably be the backup in Washington too. He's also old. He's playing Miami. I. Like, in, there have been no reports that he's, like, the bona fide starter. I'm, I'm concerned about Frank Gore. Uh, how, I guess, I just don't like Jets running back. I just, well, I picked them up, so don't worry about it. Moving on here, we have the Chicago Tribune believes that Trey Burton could challenge Martellus Bennett for the Bears franchise receiving record. Uh, by a tight end, uh, Martellus Bennett put up 917 yards in 2014. This is kind of me tooting my own horn for uh, t- pick, picking up um, Rex Burkhead at uh, Rex Burkhead. Trey Burton in the what round am I looking at? The tenth round I'm looking at. So uh, what what do you what do you guys think? I also I also have news out news out of Bears camp that uh, Matt Nagy says that Jordan Howard will stay on the field for third down. So what do you think about the Bears this year? I know me and Greg already addressed it in um, the second the episode two of the podcast. Uh, but what do you think? Well, first of all, I'm going to correct you. Uh, Dick in '61 had a thousand seventy six yards as a tight end. So I don't know. I don't know what year you're getting at, but. Is it is it was he on the Bears? I don't know if that's the record, what? but I just looked up there because that's the first Chicago tight end I know. But anyway, okay. we gotta get a back straight. Shout out to Dicka. I'm gonna say I think that it's gonna be a very interesting offense. I think Howard on third down definitely boosts the value, especially with that half point PPR. Like if you've seen some third and longs, some little dump off screens trying to fool the defense. Um, as far as Trey Burton, I think that he's gonna have a good season. He's gonna have a really good season. I don't think he's necessarily going to uh, break that franchise record. Uh, I think that, that might be in his future, but that is not in his this year. Mm. Well, Greg, for the first time, I think I have to say I agree with you. Wow. <laughs> well, what, what, what a great first. Uh, yeah. yeah. So this kid has some great upside. Don't get me started. Like, he's a, 
natural athlete. He's absolutely sickening. I've seen him in uh, training camp. He was absolutely fantastic. Ooh, voice crack. Good Lord. Welcome to puberty. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. But he does – your quarterback is just – he just means so much. It's not a Cam Newton that we're talking about. It's not – uh, Carson Wentz that we're talking about that's behind that offensive line. It's not a Tom Brady. Mitch Trubisky, we don't know, like, what he's going to be. I feel a lot safer uh, with a running back because I know no matter what, the, they're going to eventually run the football. Uh, I don't think that uh, Mitch Trubisky has earned um, the right to just, you know, fire at will if, it, if you will. And they're not even going to do that. They're probably going to stick with the Dink and Duck system, at least for the first eight games. It just makes sense. Yeah. Unless they feel he's comfortable enough. Unless they sh- he shows that he can elevate himself. And like Greg said, I think he will have a good year just because this new offensive system is top-notch. It's like Matt Nagy knows what he's doing. Um, I can't think of a Chicago offense that I, like, feared anywhere. In oh, I feared Brandon Marshall, Alison Jeffrey. I like. I didn't even hear that because they, they didn't do anything. They were Jay Cutler was thrown to him. Yeah, but they each had a thousand yards a season. I I, fear, I just feared their talent. I, I didn't necessarily fear Jay Cutler, but I feared their talent along with Forte in the backfield. That was a dangerous. Well, that's actually like more or less my point. Like not a good quarterback. It's just like well, Cutler had didn't have Cutler like twenty ten. That team was a scary team. They almost went to the Super Bowl. What was the record? Um, it was probably ten and six, but they made they were halfway from winning the NFC title game. But uh, Cutler went out like a. If if Jordan Howard can catch the ball this year, that's going to be a, like that. Just makes Angela. I was like, I'm not, I'm not a fool. This is going to be a, a an impressive offense this year. I, I really think they're going to be great. How many pairs did you pick? I picked two. Okay. I got their number one receiver. I got Jordan Howard. Two good picks. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I want to see what he does. Yeah, right. Yeah, like I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah. That's nuts. Okay, so the Browns offered Dez a deal reportedly worth less than five million. Do you think Dez is gonna end up uh, being a Brown this year? Mm, I have no comment. I don't really care. Oh. They're gonna suck either way. Ooh. I I'm one of those people in the camp of uh, Dez Bryant is not just another guy. Uh, I don't know what it is that people are seeing, but anytime I see Des Brown on the field, I I make note of, you know, like he's right over there because he's going to be the one that hurts you. So I think it could be be big to like have a, a three-headed dog like that as, as your wide receiver core um, – Coming into this season, that that puts a, a little bit of fear in my heart. If I'm a Steelers fan, you, you want to talk about putting up 40 every game? Add this Bryant to that offense. That's cool. If if we were talking maybe like three or four years ago, I'd been like, Browns might actually be like a playoff team this year. But like, we'll see how it goes. Here's um, a, here's a slight issue. Let's go fake casino, fake odds here real quick. Is there a better odds? For teammates getting into a fight than Dez with Jarvis Landry. As, as the resident on team chemistry, uh, I'm going to give this one up to Tom because that is an excellent point. I don't, th- I don't think I can name a better uh, pair of teammates for getting into a fight. I mean, I have to have Rashford up in front of me. I'd say the only other thing that could contest that for number one is just how many big personalities the Rams have brought in over mm-hmm. this offseason. But as, if you're talking offensive conflicts or wide receiver conflicts, that's far and away the top. I definitely I see your point there, and Mr. Team Chemistry strikes again. That's a really insightful point. Well, I, I think it's a really, really good point. Uh, I think the thing that the Browns have been missing the last however many years they've been losing, it's been a really long time, uh, certainly since I started watching football like as a kid. Uh, there issues, but they don't have any personalities on their team. They had Johnny Manziel with his kind of like cardboard cutout, and it got knocked over as such. They sure. tried him for a hot minute. He was gimping around, not not sure if he was going to play or not. But I'm telling you, man, like Jarvis Landry is not a pretender. They, he does not do this for fun. Uh, like, 
And I feel like Dez is the same way. So and I feel that way about Baker Mayfield, maybe not to that uh, great of a degree, but certainly hold some water. So does Dez have any fantasy value? And if so, is it based on Tyrod or Baker? Or does that matter? I think they become the gridiron gang if uh, they sign Des Bryant and Tyrod Taylor. Uh, <laughs> stays the quarterback of this offense. They they legitimately become gridiron gang. Like like they're they're that's a that's a tough squad. And it, if Nick Chubb decides that like you know I'm gonna start running the ball with some authority, they got this bad boy yeah, on the defense. Yeah, they got so. the, yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like that's season they're getting five wins. That's a rugged team. That's it. That's a prototypical AFC North team. Mm-hmm. Well, getting into these other injury news, um, Evan Ingram has sustained a concussion. He's going to be week to week with the Giants. Um, I'm expecting some major aggression from Evan Ingram this year, just with the other offensive weapon. I don't think the targets are going to be there um, between Saquon and OBJ, and uh, you know Sterling Shepard may, maybe getting getting a larger role as well. And then Cam Newton almost broke his neck in a preseason game, got flipped around and like landed on his neck. So like. Uh, it was just one of those scary things. I'm really happy that he. Yeah, man. I was. I like. I was looking at the instant replay, and I was like, "Damn, that was worse than it looked." I was like, "Yeah, scary oh, moment." Yeah, sure. It's like you don't want to go losing your season in the preseason, man. That's and that is that's a way to do exactly it. how you do it. It's like there's no longer any value, like with the Carolina Panthers offense after that. Like it, he goes down there. Yo, it's true. Although don't don't they have uh who's do they still have the Penn State uh backup? Who is it? Greg? Greg, you got this stat here? No, I don't. Okay, sorry. It was I'm pretty sure Penn State Penn State uh Penn State quarterback was the backup in Carolina for the for a long time. Uh, for a long time. No, it's Derek Anderson, yeah. I don't know if it's Eric Anderson anymore, but uh he is it not Derek Anderson anymore though. Oh no, wait, no, he's a free agent now. That's my Carolina boy. I'm working on it. Because he's probably going to keep them action. Cam ain't making it all season healthy. You don't think we, so? We, we got, this, this is the unofficial depth chart. Is Cam Newton, Taylor Hineke, Garrett Gilbert, and Kyle Allen. Wow. I've never heard of any of them. <laughs> never heard of any of them. I've, I've only heard of Kyle Allen. Okay, so getting getting into our next segment here, guys. We are going to do some draft coverage here. We had our, We had our draft last weekend. I want to go through the first five rounds of our draft and just go like pick for pick, kind of say what, what we were looking at here, what were our options. And then also uh, kind of getting into our roster construction breakdowns. So just going over our keepers uh, off, off the top, you know, Tom had already mentioned he went with Juju Smith Schuster. Greg comes in with uh, Todd Gurley. Uh, I, I had Keenan Allen and Angelo had Antonio Brown. These were all just players we thought put us, put us in the best position to win. Uh, but Angelo had the first pick overall in the draft. Um, so, Angelo, you want, you want to take it away here? Le'Veonzo! No. <laughs> oh, man. Yikes. Wow. I, I just wanted to be said that I am a Penn Stater, and it, it, blue and white it will run in my blood until I die. It took everything in my body not to take Saquon Barkley first overall. It, I, for a solid three or four months up to the draft, I was like, taking Saquon, taking Saquon, taking Saquon. He's the best running back I've ever seen in my entire life in taking Saquon. But then I had a conversation with myself, and I was like, you know, you've been hurt in the past before. Uh, you, took some, you took some huge risks. Maybe we should go with the safe bet here. So I, I got to say, I, I'm really happy with my decision. That was, it was mature. It was adult-like. Um, and I hope to thank you uh, like the little child that you are. I'm shunning Angelo basically because we play each other week one, and I, I'm just not ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is funny, Tom. If one of your running backs goes down, <laughs> I'll get another. It's a rapture. Yo, 
I'm going to trade you for George Howard, bro. Oh, my God. Jordan Howard's going to have 120. I got my receivers on deck. How many do you want? (laughs) Take Julio for Jordan Howard. Oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be fucked up. All right, I'll play week three. We'll see what's up. We'll see what's up, man. All right. Good luck to you. Coming off the board after Le'Veon, we had Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, and Ezekiel Elliott before my pick at the 105. Guys, I was just so determined not to take Kareem Hunt or Dalvin Cook at this pick. Like, if if OBJ slid to me, I thought I, I, thought I was going to take him. That was going to be, like, my draft strategy, and I was unsafe. And this is in the second round, right? Or- or like not the second round, but the first round. round. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But but there was one knight in shining armor that was standing there waiting for me. The guy that has very lofty goals of having a thousand rushing yards and a thousand receiving yards each and every season. David Johnson. For me, I feel like he's he's in that same tier with Gurley and with Bell. I feel like, you know, as long as Sam Bradford can stay healthy, this this offense is not gonna get um is is gonna is gonna get less credit than it's due. It's going to it's gonna be an interesting year, absolutely. But I, I'm just so thrilled with this first round pick. Um and then Greg, you were up right after me. So what do you got? Yeah, I saw uh Johnson so sitting on the board and I was getting really excited uh forgetting that I had somebody who was draft savvy right ahead of me um really hoping to have that one-two punch of Gurley and Johnson but since that fell through I went back to all reliable one of my favorite wideouts in the game uh, Michael Thomas bad game for him is still you know eight fantasy points which is fine uh especially with the way that Breeze spreads that ball around but I don't have someone who actually scores touchdowns on like Julio Jones um wasn't going to take a risk on someone who had injury problems the previous year. Uh, and I really wanted that wide receiver one there. So that's why I went with Michael Thomas. Now, yeah, I, I thought that was a little bit silly. That's why I took him. Um, I, so if we're talking about just like regression to the mean thing, and you're talking about a Julio Jones that had three touchdowns last season. I think it was two. Hold on, I have Michael go. What do you actually no, – what do you actually think this season will be for him? I, I think he's going to be able to absolutely clean off. I think that he's the most prominent option on that entire offense, and with good reason. This was a supposed down year for Matt Ryan last year in the offense, and he still went for over 1,400 yards. A day. The Sarkeesian system, I feel like he could bounce back and easily have double-digit touchdowns. Well, I went with him round one because – I just wanted to have a receiver. I didn't know that later on the other receivers I wanted in my that were literally in my top ten overall players would be available. So it was either Julio or Kareem Hunt, and I was really thinking Kareem Hunt because I needed a running back because I already had Juju. But might as well have Julio because he's a top five talent in the in the fantasy game at least. So if I can get him at pick uh, seven, then I'm I'm straight with that. I really don't blame you for taking Michael Thomas. I mean, like he's a viable option. I mean, he has Drew Brees thrown to him on the on top of him being top talent, but there just isn't another receiver quite like Julio Jones in the NFL right now. Like he's the last of like the like old school wide receiver, like stupid big, like doesn't have like like agility, but he's stupid fast. You know and, you're talking about Juju too, right? Oh, God. That's like, oh, seriously, you can just replace Julio with Juju. I got both on the system. Isn't, Ju- isn't Juju like 5'11? Isn't Juju going to kick your ass? <laughs> Antonio Brown doesn't kick his ass first. <laughs> I will see. All right. So, t- Tom, you were actually, you were actually uh, on the turn or like the closest to the turn since then. After Julio, we had AJ Green, Mike Evans, Kareem Hunt, Christian McCaffrey, LaShawn McCoy, and Devonta Freeman off the board. And then you took Devontae Adams. Can you tell me about that pick? No, I mean, I can because I wanted Rodgers because Rodgers is far and away the number one QB. Um, so my plan was to flank Rodgers with Adams, Cobb, and Jimmy Graham. That was my ultimate, like, super plan, like the four horsemen of the apocalypse kind of shit. <laughs> um, so I went with Adams first. He's obviously the most talented of the bunch fantasy-wise. Because Rodgers is going to be a very talented quarterback this year, obviously. But you can replace that quarterback production with other guys like the guys I've got. 
Um, you can't replace the production of a Devontae as the number one uh, receiver for the number one quarterback in the game. I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. Uh, no Jordan Nelson to hold him down. Cobb has been shaky his whole career. Doesn't trust the young guys, but he's going to trust Devontae Adams, and uh, they're going to have magic this year. Uh, we'll see how much Jimmy Graham takes out of him in the red zone. But again, much like Julio, he'll have a lot of receptions, a lot of yards, so and I can play him and Cobb in any given week. Yeah, then I went with Dalvin Cook. Uh, running backs are a hot commodity in the NFL, especially in fantasy. Um, you want guys who are going to be able to put up big numbers because especially with this half-point PPR, there's going to be a lot more parity among wideouts, uh, which is a lot of how I structured my draft strategy is looking at running backs who were going to be good with or without the half-point PPR just because there's going to be a much smaller drop-off at that receiver position. And that's why I went with Dalvin Cook there. He is coming off of that injury, but the flashes that he showed before it were just too incredible to pass up on him with this pick. Um, I think that he has potential to be a much better fantasy back than his positions he was taken. There's a little bit of a risk there, but again, I went a little running back heavy, so I was willing to go with that coming off of the injury. But he's got insane potential as far as where he could wind up. Greg was honestly such a thorn in my side during this draft because he was either picking before me or after me. And we had like three or four different players that we stole from each other. And uh, I wanted that. I wanted Dalvin, honestly, like it, it was nuts that he fell that far. I feel that that was the pick to me. Yeah, I thought so as well. How many games did he play? Last uh, year? I think four. Okay. How, how good was he last he year? Was Fantastic. Okay. Yeah, he looked excellent. I just want to know what the hype's all about. He played four games, including the one he was injured in, and he put up 15 against the New Orleans defense, Mm. uh, seven at Pittsburgh, Mm. uh, 25 against Tampa Bay, Mm. and 11.9 in a part of a game against Detroit. A partial game. So, like, he still did his job, even like it. But that's Detroit and Tampa Bay. I'm just, um, I I think that that Minnesota team's going to spread it around a lot. And they're not as talented as Pittsburgh to be able to spread around and still have other guys get their fantasy points. They might be spreading around. Rudolph might have a big game one time, and then Diggs and at one time. But then that's it. Well, and that's why I avoided personally Minnesota receiving core. I think while you can spread the ball around, like you can have a more pass-heavy game, the running back's still going to get theirs and system like that. Is it ever since the RG three Kirk Cousins era back in Washington, when RG three was the prominent guy and her cousins would fill in as the backup every once in a while when RG3 would get injured. Um, I'm really excited to finally see him in a new uniform. Um, I can't wait to see if he is actually as good as I think he is. But, you know, that's another one of those things where it's like a time that uh, will be the dictator of that one. I'm not quite sure. Uh, what exactly like will come of Kirk Cousins being in the new offense? How much of an upgrade is he from Keenum? Because I, I mean, Keenum looked pretty good. I, I thought Keenum looked fantastic. He, Keenum also one of those quarterbacks that was under like the Jeff Fisher uh, reign of tyranny, oh. uh, and you know he finally was in a competent offense and he looked fantastic. So that's why I think the Broncos are major playoff sleepers this year. Uh, definitely, we'll see. I don't know that Kirk Cousins is an upgrade. I'm he's an upgrade. I don't. I don't know how much. That I don't know if he's an eighty-six million dollar guaranteed upgrade. That yeah, but it's the market you have to pay. I Unfortunately, guess. I mean, if Stafford's getting that much money, then I mean, Cousins can get it too. Stafford's great, but I mean, if he's if that's what the market's bad, I mean, you kind of have to pay that. I hope so. All I know is if you put a Jeff Fisher guy in a good system, you're gonna have success. <laughs> Nick Foles. What about Bradford? Mm. Mm, yeah, uh, uh, this well, is really injury. 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 Exactly what we're going to blame it on. All right. Exactly what we're going to blame it on. All right. Got it. Word. So I was up next, and I obviously took the the best the best player at the position, Jordan Howard. Uh, no, I did not. I did not. What uh, What an awful pick. I was looking at my options here, and uh, my gut said it, Jarek McKinnon. My mind said Jaron McKinnon is injury-prone, and he's already hurt, and he hasn't even played yet. We, ha- we haven't seen him with a full workload. Um, I should have picked Jordan Howard at this position. I took Joe Mixon. I've already defended myself in the last episode. 
I'm salty about it. It's fun. I'm so happy that he fell. I was like, no way. It's Christmas. I was like, yeah, like, there's no way I thought I was going to get two, like, running backs that I actually trust. So after after my pick of Joe Mixon, Stephon Diggs, Amari Cooper. So um, everyone kind of, you know, stopped at me a little bit for taking a tight end in the third round. And, like, 100%, I get it. So let me just, like, read off um, some of the picks that came uh, after uh, my pick of a tight end in the third round. We had Alex Collins, uh, Doug Baldwin, um, Derek Henry, Jay Jai. Uh, like, there were, there were, there was, like, there was certainly some options there. And I believed that I would, like, actually, let me restart. My goal in this draft was to, at every position, have the best player possible. Mm-hmm. And so when I, I started with the, the best wide receiver in the game, I, so next was to find the best tight end in the game. Um, it just felt like the, the right thing to do, and especially with Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey already being off the board, mm-hmm. I, it was a, it was time for me to get like my top tight end, um, and then I think Jordan Howard was just a no brainer. Uh, that's uh, yeah, I, this new offense that uh, is going to run the football and is going to have running backs catching the football out of the backfield. Uh, it that was there, there was really um, no real hesitation on that one. That was. Uh, I said it and forget it. I still, I still think you should have taken Adam Thielen over Ertz and then waited until the seventh round to steal uh, Greg's pick of Greg Olson. Perhaps. Perhaps. But that's not the way the cookie crumbled today. So after, after Jordan Howard, we had Adam Thielen, Kenyon Drake, biggest bust in the draft, in my opinion. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, and T.Y. Hilton come off the board before – uh, my pick, I decided to nail down my wide receiver position. I went with Larry, the legend, Fitzgerald. This is a guy who I really can't see coming coming out with fewer than 100 passes on a Arizona offense that really doesn't have a ton of options outside of him other than um, I think they drafted Christian Kirk in the first round. Um, so really, like Larry, Larry, I know he's old. I know this is probably his last year in the NFL, but he is a technician. And he is a ball catching machine. And coming into this PPR league, you know, that's that's a pick that I gotta make. Um, so I made it. Greg, you're up next. Yeah, so going back to what I said earlier, I want somebody safe, somebody conservative, a really good third running back, just because of that drop off among uh, running backs once you get past a certain tier. Starting with old reliable, gets three yards of carry, running straight between the tackles, Alex Collins. Uh, my thoughts on the Ravens offense as a whole have been well-documented, well-brought up within our league. Um, but I do really like the potential that Alex Collins has. Um, I think that everything that he showed last year, he can really step out and be a good, consistent running back option for me. And if you want to see the meme that's associated with this pick, look at look us up on Instagram at nextmanuppod with one P. To see to see Greg and all of his stupidity, his uh, his smiling face. Tom, you were up next after him, and you picked Doug Baldwin. Uh, this was this was a little risky pick, if I if I do think so myself. Uh, coming off of the hamstring injury, what were you thinking? Coming off, uh, you already had three wide receivers on the board here. Well, yeah, because I, I mean, it's just playing for talent. Like it's the number one option on what could be a, a real MVP candidate. Even if the Seahawks win eight nine games, Russell Wilson's going to put a crazy stat. Baldwin's going to be the biggest recipient of those statistics. Baldwin's going to be the biggest recipient of the touchdowns. And I have so many receivers that I could just bench him any week that either he's hurt if he's hurt, or this week he has or week one he has bad matchup with at Denver. So I'm sitting him, but I can still play Julio. I can still play Juju. I can still play Devontae Adams. I don't need to play Doug Baldwin. So I, I, I have a very, very good luxury wide receiver that I use to uh, take Baldwin. Because me, running backs, they, they come later in the season. Like Jordan Howard two years ago, I picked him up from Greg's dumbass. I flipped him 
or I put them Martellus Bennett and I think the Titans defense or Jordan Howard, and he ended up becoming my keeper because the last four years, weeks he went hard. So uh, running backs can come later in the season, but I like to have as many wide receivers as possible. And Baldwin's going to be a monster when healthy. So. Coming off after Doug Baldwin, we had Lamar Miller, Tyreek Hill, Jerick McKinnon, Demarius Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Will Fuller before Tom took his first running back in Derrick Henry, who I think you're a pretty big fan of. Am I not wrong? You're not wrong, but I also want to comment that your uh, other option on the mix and pick was to pick McKinnon, and McKinnon went all the way down there. So uh, just saying that you uh, you could have had, you could really could have had those like pretty easily. Um, well, I think Henry, yeah, I had him last year with DeMarco. I actually had him two years ago with DeMarco as well, two straight years. Uh, and I love that pairing. They could get me 17 points a week between the two of them easy. Running backs, I just want consistent points. So wide receivers where you're really going to get the big, uh, the big splash plays. Uh, it's much easier to get a 50-yard catch in the NFL now than it is to have a 50-yard run broken or to get a touchdown run broken. So I'd rather have the best wide receivers and then have consistent running backs that can get touches. And Derrick Henry is going to get them as touches this year, although you have Deion Lewis. I was thinking of taking Deion Lewis as well to have that combo once again to get that 16-17 game. But I'm confident with my other running back and Isaiah Crowell, somebody who's also going to get a lot of touches. So that, that's what I want, just consistency from my running back. Because if you can get 30 yards and a touchdown – that's nine points right there. And if you get a catch with that, that's 9.5 points right there. That's easy. And 30 yards is nothing. You can get that on seven carries. So. And, uh, Greg, you you were up after Tom. You already had Cook, and you went Cooks with this pick. Yeah, of course. Another uh, Brandon Cooks, you know, someone else who I think, if you look at the later runs we're not going to get into, I drafted a lot of wide receivers because I think that just with the half-point PPR – there are such a plethora of guys who are going to have different breakout weeks at that wide receiver position that I really wanted to capitalize on that tier of guys who aren't quite that top tier, but guys who will be able to have those individual breakout games and guys who will emerge throughout the season. So Brandon Cooks is really my first pick like that to get a second starting wide receiver and someone who I think is going to have a pretty good season. I was up next on the board. I ended up going with the similar thought process as Greg did with Alex Collins. I took Jay Ajayi at this pick. Um, you know, I, I know that this, this is a committee, a uh, three, a true three headed monster in Philadelphia, but it's also behind the number one rated offensive line. And a lot of people don't know Jay Ajayi is in a contract year. And I think that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to get their money's worth out of him by giving him a ton of work because he's, he's looking forward to getting that next monster contract next year. I feel like this, this is Jay Ajayi's time to shine. And if not, you know, he's my third He's my third running back. So I got people like Deion Lewis, Marshawn Lynch, and Rex Burkhead behind him uh, just waiting to take that flex spot away. Moving on, Delaney Walker, Golden Tate, Alshon Jeffrey came off the board before uh, Angelo picked at the turn. And I think this really substantiates and corroborates my point in taking Zach Ertz with uh, the fact that you have a tier of tight ends that is clearly a head and shoulders above the rest. And then there's a large drop-off. However, at wide receiver, uh, there was just endless amounts of depth. Uh, and so with the fifth pick, uh, I went with uh, Allen Robinson, uh, bona fide number one receiver on the Chicago Bears, an offense that we already talked about uh having a significant upgrade in terms of the offensive scheme that they're going to run. Uh, and then um, just because I had a, a pick to burn, I was like, no quarterbacks off the board yet at round six. I was very, very surprised uh, that no quarterbacks went uh, until then. Um, honestly, I was uh, very proud of the room for uh, using their brain. But at the same time, it allowed me to go ahead and take Aaron Rodgers. Um, and that, that pick right there uh, is really what I think personally um, solidified my place as like a playoff contender this year, where it was like I have number ones at almost every position. No, I agree with you that Rodgers is the top QB, but how much better is he than Brady or Russell Wilson? I, I think Russell Wilson is going to be better for Brady this year myself. 
And I think that's absolutely fair. Um, I, the thing that I like about Aaron Rodgers is that there's never going to be any um, heart attacks uh, with Aaron Rodgers, like, as long as he stays healthy. You know that he's going to pass the football. You know that he's not going to be a, a pick artist. Last year, he had a pretty horrible game in Cincinnati, I can recall. Or it was against Cincinnati. I can but recall. I've never seen him have less than 15 points. He had like five points that game. I, I had him last year. I can I recall that one. That was pretty terrible. That was before he got hurt. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't I, – there are really few and far in between. Brady is probably more consistent than Rodgers, honestly. He, he's a more consistent winner, but his, his fantasy stats are deceiving. Like, he, he will put up good games, but he does what it takes to win. That doesn't always mean good fantasy numbers. That means interceptions. That means handing the ball off. That means not as many passes. Brady's a winner, and that made him a good fantasy quarterback last year, but it does not always make him a good fantasy quarterback. Uh, and – Tom, just to uh, clarify, his game in Seattle, he had 16.5. Atlanta, he had 18.5. And actually in Cincinnati, it was his highest scoring game with 25. Uh, so, um, and there also wasn't a game here that he scored, again, less than 15 points until the Minnesota game in which he got injured. So, oh, that was the game he got hurt. That's what exactly, I was yeah. So, like, if, if I'm going to get that kind of production and, like, be almost assured of it at the quarterback position every single week. Absolutely, I'll spend a six-round pick on Aaron Rodgers. Angela, you ended up causing everybody else to get scared that quarterbacks were going to be scarce for some reason, even though that, uh, you know, 32 in the league that are active and touch the ball every game. But the next – Which ended up pushing a few more options down my way coming around the bend. Right, right. But the next – So that was, just, that was just a smart pick in my opinion. No, I think it was too. I feel like Aaron Aaron Rodgers anywhere past the fourth round is going to be a value, honestly. Um, so next picks off the board: Mark Ingram, Cam Newton, and Tom Brady. Uh, you know, you can sense the fear in these guys in these guys' picks, honestly. Uh, but next next man up I had was Marvin Jones. Actually, I actually want to jump back to last year whenever Tom was facing me uh, to clinch the playoffs, he ended up beating me. Marvin Jones, six catches for 109 yards and two touchdowns, and I felt every inch of it. This this guy is obviously very talented, um, you know, something to watch out. I think Kenny Galladay is going to be more involved with Detroit's passing game this year, but I really believe in the talent of Matthew Stafford. He's actually my quarterback that I, get, that I got later in the round. I feel like that this hookup is going to be one that's going to be very valuable going into this league um he's not going to catch a ton of balls though i feel like he's only going to catch like four or five balls a game uh but they're going to be deep balls and i'm going to get value out of them um but greg you picked a quarterback going into the next pick and it was a hype pick if i do believe you want to talk about it yeah i definitely i bought into the fear a little bit because i had a couple guys who i wanted i was actually thinking about as I was watching going around the bend. I was thinking about taking Rodgers with that pick if there wasn't the quarterback surge started by Angelo. Um, but as soon as that started, uh, I went with the guy who was my personal number two uh, as far as who I wanted, Deshaun Watson. Um, he's got firepower. Uh, we're going we're gonna to see how it goes this year. Again, another limited sample size guy. Um, but I think I really shored that up later around with Wentz and Bortles. Um, two great fantasy quarterbacks. Why would you put Bortles? Um, Puts a good fancy on me, man. Okay. Um, it was the same last round. Yeah, true. I I, 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 I can always drop him and pick somebody up off the way. I picked Devontae Parker and already dropped him. That's your point. Yeah, I would rather have him on there in case things are catastrophically wrong with both um, both of their knees and just make sure that I have somebody who I would have drafted okay. in there just in case. That's right. I can always flex him out if these guys are looking healthy. But, yeah, Deshaun Watson, really, really excited who he does this year. Um I, again, I had him ranked as my personal number two guy after Rodgers. Um, so I'm really excited, really happy that he fell to me. And as soon as I saw one quarterback go, I was like, oh, no, Watson's well, gone by my pick. I'm not picking a quarterback until later. But he was still there, so I pounced. And, Tom, you had the, you had the last quarterback of the round uh, in Russell Wilson. Do you want to tell me about that pick? Well, he was my number two personal quarterback. Like he said, like I said before, he can be an MVP this season, even if the Seahawks just win eight or nine games. His rushing stats 
Clutch's passing stats are incredible. People look at guys like Andrew Luck or Deshaun Watson or Cam Newton for those combined stats, but Newton can only get one or two 15 yards a game. Russell Wilson can get eight or nine yards whenever he wants. He's, a, he's like an ultimate point guard for football. He can pick his spots, get eight or nine yards whenever, pick it, find his guys, eight or nine yards whenever, get the occasional 50 yarders, somebody like Lockett. And him and Baldwin are going to be electric this year. So I wanted that combo. That was one of my three goals in this uh, draft and the only one I hit. I wanted to get Travis Kelsey. I didn't get him. I wanted Aaron Rodgers. I didn't get him. But I did want the Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin connection as a backup. And I did get that. So I'm quite proud of myself for that one. And also something that I didn't mention from before, uh, but uh, Tom reminded me of, uh, Travis Kelsey was actually going to be my pick um, at that turn, round three. Um, but he literally got taken right in front of me, and I almost broke down and stopped. Did you snatch him like, up? Huh? Did you snatch him? I think it was Chris. Mm. I was like... You read all her minds. I was like, wow. You wasn't really, even in the room. I was like, I'm going to get him. Like, I'm going to get him exactly because like, <laughs> it looked like I was going to get him. And Chris... Uh, Proved to be a little bit smarter than I thought he was. So. We had Devin Funches, Evan Ingram, and Josh Gordon round out the round. Um, those were our first six six rounds in our fantasy draft. I hope that you got some value out of our strategies that we used to build our team here. Uh, we're going to go to Greg with a mailback question. Yeah, so today, uh, friend of the pod, Eric W., asks, Hey, guys, are there any players that you consider – quote, your guys, unquote, like guys that you're going to draft every year? And if so, who are they? Um, I guess I'll start off. So the guy that I'm thinking here is going to be actually be Devontae Adams. Um, this is a player that I actually traded for in the 2015 season around the, around the end of the year uh, when he was really lighting it up with Aaron Rodgers. He almost clinched me my third fantasy title. Uh, but unfortunately, the game that they had against uh, the Detroit Lions went into overtime and Keith ended up taking home his first title. Um, Devontae Adams, I feel like he's he's great. You know, I drafted I drafted him last year as well. Um, very talented wide receiver, actually just got paid. And now he's the number one um receiving option for Aaron Rodgers on a talented Green Bay offense. Um, I wasn't able to get him this year just because, you know, I really couldn't reason with myself picking um, uh, Devontae Adams over David Johnson. Like, that's just, uh, you know, it would be stupid of me. But uh, he's definitely somebody that, Tom, you know, if you're looking to trade, uh, we could could talk, maybe make a deal. Um, But, yeah, that's my guy. And I think the guy for me is going to be Antonio Brown. Look, uh, I think that running backs are the position with the most value uh, in terms of fantasy football, but there's just no other wide receiver that's going to give you that production that consistently. There's just nobody else who does it. Uh, He's been the number one wide receiver in fantasy for four straight years. So I just – there's not much more of a, like, no doubt about it, set it and forget it guy uh, than Antonio Brown. Um, yeah. All right. So, my guys, I, I guess I have a few. I'll just go with the guys I drafted this year. Derek Henry, I've had for the last three years. Um, I've always believed in him. I always like the Alabama running back. You know, Mark Ingram didn't start that well in his career, but he's become a very consistent fantasy back. Uh, Juju, I've had for his first years of his career. I picked him up three weeks before he popped last year, so I feel loyalty to him. Um, Titans, D I had last year. They worked out for me, so I picked him up again. I drafted the Broncos. He dropped them. Then Brandon McManus, again, North Penn Knight, probably the second most famous alum in our high school behind uh, Bill Oates. Um, let's see. Yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, I mean, I usually pick uh, Jordan Howard, but uh, we'll see if I can get him. Yeah, you want Devontae Adams, boy? I know you want that Rodgers-Devontae combo. Oh, you're shaking your head now. You'll see that two touchdowns week one against Chicago, and then you'll be thinking differently. Oh, For me personally, this year, I definitely had some of my uh, standard guys swiped in the same round that I was going to go for them a couple picks earlier, whether they were, you know, the Allen Robinsons of the league, the Philadelphia defenses, Isaiah Crowell. Those, those, are some, those three are ones that I just inevitably end up with. Um, same thing with uh, Michael Crabtree. Thankfully, avoided Crabtree this year, though. 
Um, but I still did wind up with uh, Cooks, uh, Wentz, and uh, Bortles, who are three guys who I do tend to go after. You can mock me as much as you want for Bortles. I will advocate for Bortles. Any quarterbacks available? Why would you want like one of the top five worst? Prescott's available. Keenum's available. Tyrod is available. Derek Carr is available. Like this guy is probably one of the top five worst starting quarterbacks in the league. I would disagree with that from a skill perspective, but that even from a fantasy perspective, that's just empirically wrong. He was the 13th ranked quarterback last year after having stinkers of games against Tennessee. The Jets and Pittsburgh. So those were these stinkers are why I don't trust them though. I, I can hear the the stats that he's middle of the road all you want, but like as far as the I don't trust him level, he's top five. Look, if you're going to talk about 2016 Blake Bortles, that's a that's a whole fine rotation. It's because he was garbage time quarterback back then. Mm-hmm. It's like he had to throw touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Exactly. I, I would put him in at a 4 p.m. start and. Mm-hmm. At, by the yeah, third yeah, quarter, yeah. the other team thought they'd won. Bortles would come in and throw a three to four quarter touchdown. Because their team was going to lose anyway. But, like, Bortles was helping the hell out of your team. But we're not talking about that Jacksonville Jaguars team anymore. They're always in games. And they don't want, like, Bortles to have to do a lot. Because if we're being honest, he just doesn't trust them that much. So, I just... And the flip of Rick. I can't do it. I can't do it. And the flip of Rick between it. Patino quote, uh, Alan Robinson isn't walking through that door. Alan Hearns isn't walking through that no, door. Julie, Julie Thomas, he just retired, so he's not walking through that door. Another reason I'm and very excited about Alan Robinson is because he's finally going to see, at, at very bare minimum, an offensive system that is built to throw the football. Like, at very least, like, disregard what you feel about, like, Mitch Trubisky and all that thing. Like, they're eventually going to have to throw the football to him. But this offense is built to do that. So I'm just very, very excited. Fernet is the star of that Jacksonville team. He's probably the only guy you should consider drafting top five rounds if you're still drafting. I'm very excited that you took Blake Smith. Like, I'm very excited that I took him in the second to last round. I guess. And if you look at the quarterbacks, just for reference, the quarterbacks who are currently free agents, from Tom's culture perspective, I don't. I try not to go within the NFC East. I have broken that rule on but occasion. But Smith and Dak are but, good. Yeah. I'll give them that. They're good. Smith and Dak, both still available. Eli, not. Again, I, I'm just not sure about the sporting cast with either. Plus, you know, not going to go with it. And you look at position rankings, then you get Keenum with that Denver offense who came in at 14th last year. Again, maybe you see who does in Denver. You get Andy Dalton. You get Derek Carr. It's not... There are people who were drafted ahead of Bortles who are going to put up much worse fantasy numbers than him. And I have him essentially as my, in case two dudes both pop their ACLs for a second year in a row. Mm. And don't get me wrong, like, Blake Bortles has, like, a few, like, really, really good mistake-free games just because he doesn't want to, like, be a gunslinger. But, like, these stinkers, man, like, 9.8 at Tennessee, 2.7 in Pittsburgh, and no, that's not Ben Roethlisberger. That was Blake Bortles who had 2.7. I hate both sons. You also have yeah, 8.6 at Cleveland. That, and then the finish off the year with 3.2 points in Tennessee. Like, it's just, that's too scary for me. The case like for Blake. Always up in the air. The case for Blake Bortles is that his defense sets him up at the 40 or the 50 every time, and he can get points, he can get easy touchdowns. I mean, this is what, when, uh, it was in Kerry Collins was the top quarterback in 2008 with that Titans defense that Albert Haynes worked for them boys, getting them, uh, front position. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger for his first few years in the league, that's how he became a top fantasy quarterback in 07 08. So. Well, especially when you look at potential matchups where they're only in suspect offenses. Like, looking at what happened last year against Baltimore when he threw four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Looking at Houston last year when they were without Sean Watson where he tossed for three touchdowns. Like, the touchdowns are there, especially in games where the defense sets him up nicely. That's why you can believe in Pat Mahomes as well if you want to take a fire on him. Good point. All right. I want to thank Thomas Leffler for co- coming on to the show. Tom, do you have anybody that you want to shout out or plug? Uh, I just want to shout out, um, I don't know, man. I guess I'm going to shout Brandon for having a trash-ass roster. Uh, I mean, it was kind of funny laughing at him. Uh, I'm going to shout out, uh, go, probably going to Made in America Fest next, next weekend. Go see my boy 6 9 Treyway. 
Um, and uh, shout out me, glad he's free. So let's get this popping. I want to I want to shout out uh, JB Love Drafts in in uh, Harrisburg, the only bar that you can play Super Mario Smash Bros and dominate and uh, get girls' numbers while you're playing Mario Kart. Uh, that's that's just uh, the place that I was hanging out this past weekend. It was super chill. Uh, boys, you got any other shout outs? Uh, shout out to Kiana. Just had her 22nd birthday. Uh, really good time with her yesterday. Um, yeah. I'll give a uh, shout out to Katie. Just had her 21st birthday yesterday. Hit the first last night, so was happy for her. And uh, a shout out to the random man on the street who gave Angelo $20 for lunch. Dude, oh my God. So many things that I forgot. I have so many shout outs to give. Also, shout out to my mom for having the same birthday. Even though she didn't call me, I'm kind of upset. I, I called her once and she didn't call back. But, you know, it's fine. It's fine. The guy gives me a 20 for lunch today. He's like, hey, uh, how about lunch on me? So to that guy who gave me a $20, so a $20 bill in front of Taco Bell today, shout out to you, man. I really appreciated that. You'd be a king of Taco Bell with $20. <laughs> what did you buy? You can really be a king of Taco Bell with $20, dude. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. Well, Good show, boys. This is Derek Rieger, next man up, signing off. Defense Special Teams wins championships. Hope everybody enjoyed the podcast today. Just a reminder that we are now on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify and Anchor on a couple of other applications. So be sure to check us out on all of our platforms, follow our social media. And if you're checking us out, especially on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review and hit that subscribe button. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Next Man Up Pod with one P.